Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor, thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including the Sam Ramsdell one. She's a TikTok sensation who shares her story about the hardships and blessings of making a career change. Or last week's episode with Crystal Williams, who gives lots of relationship advice for a living. Now, I hope you like this episode, and if you do, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more and more people. And now, for this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Jamie Haydenrich, teacher, wife, clean living advocate, and mom to a child with food allergies. She shares her family's story and provides allergy-friendly tips along the way. She is so likable and full of plenty of wellness resources for anyone who wants to live a life, as she puts it, quote-unquote, a healthy kind of life. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Jamie Haydenrich. She's a high school math teacher by day and an entrepreneur at night. As a wellness ambassador and food allergy mom, she shares clean living tips, including her favorite skincare products, clean crafted wines, as well as allergy-friendly foods. Known as the woman behind Healthy Kind of Life, she chronicles her family's journey toward healthier living in an effort to make it easier for other families. She also focuses on life with food allergies and will share her family's story with us today. Now, this is near and dear to my heart as my son was diagnosed with food allergies after his first birthday, so I completely understand the magnitude of what it's like navigating food allergies, not just in your own home, but out in the real world. Thank you so much for being here today, Jamie. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I am Totally honored to be here and so grateful for this opportunity and just to chat with you more about this. Well, as we were talking earlier, we newly got connected over social media, which as we say so much, it's just, it can be such a blessing because you get to connect with folks that you wouldn't normally meet in your everyday life. Right, right. And especially now as so many of us have been, you know, living fairly isolated lives because of COVID. I think it's a, a beautiful thing to have new friendships, even though they are virtual. But you can learn a lot from friends like this. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I some of my closest friends I've connected with via social media, you know, so sometimes there's so many things about, you know, the monster that social media can be, but there's so much beauty behind it too, you know. Well, and especially as we parlay into this conversation about food allergies. And I know we'll get to a point where we talk about resources, but I know for someone as a mom with a child with food allergies, I have learned so much from others that have walked in my shoes before. Mm -hmm. And that is why I am so grateful that you are here to have this conversation with us because whether it's the person who's new to food allergies and trying to navigate their way, I know that you can provide a lot of insight But also for those, at this point, so many people know someone who's got a kid or has got a friend that has food allergies and how to help those people better understand. Right. So if you please, I would really love for you to just start out and tell us a little bit about your daughter's story and where it all began. Yeah. So um, about, gosh, I guess it was almost six years ago, I was pregnant and I had already kind of started my healthy living quest. And so I, you know, did all the things I thought, you know, eating organic while I was pregnant and, you know, all the things. And so we had her and, um, 
things were great. And around maybe four months old, I noticed I was eating um, pistachios just and I was breastfeeding her. So she was nursing and I was eating pistachios and I kind of looked down and her eye started swelling. And, you know, at that point, you're not thinking like, oh, my gosh, is my daughter allergic? Like, that's just not something that crosses your mind. So I was like, what the heck? This is weird. We called the pediatrician. They said, oh, you know what? Flush her eye out. So it's like, okay, maybe a little particle got in her eye and they're babies. Things happen. So we moved on. Um, And again, I was not doing anything, cutting anything out of my diet. I was eating normal, um, clean foods and, you know, with the occasional indulgence, of course. And so then around, I would say... One, yeah, because I it was kind of that transition of, okay, I should probably start giving her whole milk because now she's one. That's kind of the recommended thing. And I gave her milk and she threw up maybe half hour later. Again, didn't really think about it, figured, I mean, I can't even remember what was going through my mind, but figured it wasn't an allergy. It just, okay, maybe she didn't like it. Maybe it didn't settle well. What else had she done that day, et cetera, et cetera. So then probably a few weeks later, gave her um, some egg and a Lara bar, and she threw up again. And it was just just throwing up. So it wasn't a full reaction of sorts where you're thinking an allergy. It was, but at that point we were like, okay, some something's off. So we took her to her local allergist, and they did the little skin prick. She was about 15 months at this point, and I have the photo with her little thigh where they prick all the little things on her. And sure enough, her leg just inflamed and it was all the tree nuts, eggs, soy, dairy, peanuts. Um, so or like, okay, I mean, that's not something you're expecting. And then, you know, they kind of just say, well, here's an EpiPen and, um, try to avoid these foods and good luck, you know? And it's like, okay, like how can, how can this really be like, how, like, why is this happening? Like, you know, I always have kind of thought like, why, why does something like that happen? And it's like, well, why do, why do, why does so many things happen? You know, like there, and and of course I, I blamed myself for a little bit because I ended up with her nursing. I got mastitis about two times and I had to go, um, what's that? So what's mastitis? Um, so it's an infection of your breast from breastfeeding. Um, and so, you know, you have to go on antibiotics because you can potentially die from it. I mean, it's very easy to treat, but it's your milk dud, milk dud, your milk duct. (laughs) Apparently I got candy on my brain. Um, milk duct gets clogged and then it just, you know, causes infection. So it happened twice and I had to go on antibiotics twice. And so I thought, it has to be that. It has to be that I was on antibiotics, even though they said, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, so I was upset because I thought this is what it is. But I came to realize like, you know what, like, it's just, it is what it is. You know, why do, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, little kids getting, you know, inoperable brain cancer. And it's like, how does that happen? You know, it's like, it is, it just, it's, it's, it is what it is, you know? So I couldn't blame myself. I had to just realize, okay, well, we're in this, let's figure out how we're going to work around this, you know? Um, so yeah, about one years old is when we discovered it and she's now almost six. I remember when we got, had a very similar conversation with our allergist and my son was one and very similar list that you have. And, and, the doctors were helpful in telling us, again, like you said, you can't eat this, 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 and that. And what's interesting is you don't realize what in, how many ingredients are in a certain, certain products that you use, like food products that you use, such as like breads, various pastas. So I was always somebody like you into healthy living, especially you know, through various points of my life. But you really have to read every food label when oh, it comes yeah. to having allergies and then understanding whether or not, you know, now some of the top allergens you actually like egg, wheat, various oh, nuts in general are listed in bold. But when you've got say, a sesame allergy, which is what my son had or other people I know have various fruit allergies, 
you really have to read all the ingredients and double check because it's not always as clear. It's gotten better over the years. So I will say that was an adjustment for us when we got home. Like how do we, I know he was only one, but as we were starting to look for foods to give him to try and figure out what we were going to give him and and we made a lot of changes. Oh yeah. I mean, I have read, I, I, I feel like, you know, and I, I have read so many labels, you know, it's almost a second nature, you know, I mean, cause I was reading labels before allergies just because right. I was curious about the ingredients for myself and my own well being. you know, what's in here, what is this? And, right. um, and so now it's just, I pick it up, I read the label and I usually have to put it back because it's just, there's so much, there's so many things, um, that are in there that some of it, I don't even know what it is. So I don't, I can't even trust it, you know, well, and, or yeah. there's so many foods that are linked to one another that, you know, they have similar proteins that can cause a reaction or. Are you I talking about pea proteins and peanuts? Right, right. And, and, or you don't even know if maybe she's allergic to it or not, you know, like she's never had um, you know, I mean, at this point, we're when we get to talking about how we're dealing with daily life now, but when we were first starting, it was like she'd never had, you know, broccoli. So it's like, well, what if she's allergic to broccoli? I don't know. I don't want to give it to her. You know, so it was I felt so limited on the things I could give her. It was like we were eating the same thing all of the time because I was too afraid to try something new. I think we were the same way as well. And I, I will say it was. I don't want to say easier, excuse me. I don't want to say easy. It it never was easy. It was easier when he was really little in the sense that I can totally controlled all the foods that he ate. And it wasn't a big deal. If my husband and I wanted to go to a restaurant and we were taking him, which we often did, I wasn't going to have him eat whatever it was we were eating anyway. I had a little bit of food for him. Mm -hmm. But as he got to be about your daughter's age, he won to eat off the kid menu. And and especially he sees other kids with French fries, but I didn't want him to have French fries because I wasn't sure if it was in peanut oil. Even if you ask, you don't really know. Or if they were taking other foods that they were making back in the kitchen right? and fry, putting it in the fryer and taking it out. So it was something that was in the fryer cross-contaminated with any one of the allergies. Right. I mean, I think that's, you know, exactly right. And at first it was, you know, yeah, because in one sense I was like, well, I'm kind of controlling what she can eat and I'm making sure it's healthy, you know, like, so, you know, when you're out, it's like, well, she can't have ice cream. So that kind of works out. Like that's kind of a win. Like it was a, it was a weird blessing in disguise. Like she couldn't, she couldn't have those bad foods, you know, so that made it easy. But then you go to your first little gathering where all the kids are sitting together having something and then your kid can't, Bingo. you, know, you feel for them. And because, you know, it's like, of course you want her to, you know, I, you want to instill good, healthy living habits, but having pizza and ice cream at a birthday party once in a while is, is great, you know? And so you, you deal with that, but, and then you get people where you tell them like, oh, she's got food allergies. Oh man, you know, you don't, unfortunately, and I know people can, can totally empathize with people. You know, I've never dealt with certain situations that people have dealt with before in their life, but I can empathize with them because I can understand that it must be tough, even though I've never gone through it. But when, but when you have the food allergies, you know, you, people just don't really get it until you have gone through it because it's just such a different level of, you know, I've got to pack these foods. I've got to have something safe. I can't just go out to a restaurant and order whatever I'd like. You know, we can't do that. You know, we have a very limited amount of restaurants that we can go to because I don't know that places are safe. And, you know, one time my daughter, when we started her in school, because I have another daughter who's three and a half and she really doesn't have any food allergies. And we dropped our oldest off for her kind of first day of preschool. And we went out and said, you know what, let's go get some breakfast like and kind of celebrate her first day. And we went out and I ordered, you know, pancakes and eggs and bacon and my little one there with me, like I could just cut it up and hand it to her. And I thought, is this what it is like for families to go out to eat? Because it was comfortable and it was relaxing. And I mean, I almost felt guilty 
because I was enjoying it so much and yet missing my daughter at the same time and wanting her there, but also like, wow, like you really don't know how difficult it really, really is, you know, with everything, you know. I'll tell you, and then as as they get a little bit older, what I experienced, and I will say I am so grateful for such wonderful friends that I have. And we moved into a new community when my son was in first grade. And so, you know, again, he was still pretty young, but anytime there was a play date, they were at that age where they were starting to go by themselves. Maybe not first, but into second grade. They really were. And so I had to be like, hi, I'm Karen. And this is Kyle. And by the way, he's got a peanut allergy and I'm not sure if you're uncomfortable with that. And and I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how awesome. I remember a mom calling me and being like, I scrubbed the whole place down. The peanut butter is hidden. And I, I will tell you, I, I made my heart melt and it was so beautiful. It also made me feel bad that like, right. I didn't want my son to be, and I, this, not even us, our family to be this burden mm-hmm. with people because I knew it was hard for those people when we would come over. And so I think what I did is I just always had stuff on, you know, that I knew he could eat and I'd throw it in his bag and I would bring it over in bulk for these houses of places he would go, especially in the beginning, you know, like we were new and I didn't want to make it hard on others, but on the side, it was then hard on me. Right. Right. I, and I remember one time we went out to, to, and to, to, to restaurant and I had packed food for her and they said, you know, we don't allow outside food. And I thought, okay, it's an avocado. So we're going to have to get over that. Um, (laughs) because she can't eat other food here. You know, she was really little, so she wasn't eating a whole lot of, you know, foods. And I said, you know, she's got really pretty bad allergies. And they said, oh, well, everything's gluten-free. And I thought, okay, that's, you know, that's not the extent of it. You know, like a lot of times I feel like sometimes you say we have allergies and people, there can be people who, oh God, okay. They roll their eyes or they think maybe you're just saying that because you don't want to have gluten. And, you know, when that kind of was a big fad, you know? Um, Yeah. But then, yes, you have those people who, where you're just like, wow, like, really? Like I, we have neighbors and we kind of explained her situation and cause you know, yeah, that's tough too. When you're like, Hey, like, especially meeting new moms, like she just started kindergarten. So we're kind of in that, Hey, new play dates and new friends. And it's like, I don't want to be like, this is Livia, the allergy kid, you know? And, uh-huh. and because you can still feel kind of isolated. It's not, it's like, it's common, but it's also not sometimes. And, right. and so, you know, but our neighbor back to that was, you know, his son came out and he said, Hey, you're eating peanut butter. You need to stay in the yard over here. Um, and, and then you need to wash your hands before you go over there. And I thought it was like, Oh my gosh, like that is the sweetest thing, (laughs) you know, like like that you would do that, you know, like it was like, it was almost so innate, you know? And so the fact that people have adapted or just been so supportive is definitely, you know, amazing. Yeah. I, again, I am just sitting here like full of love in my heart for so many of, you know, now they feel like they are going to be lifelong friends. And my son is now in sixth grade so that it's been over five years. But people in this community really grew with me on, you know, through it Mm -hmm. and helped me. And, you know, then it gets into, you know, when they start doing a little bit more on their own, you've got to educate your kid. Right. What they can and what they can't do. But again, education is a good thing. And when I educate my kid and I educate the families around us that, you know, I think that helps out everybody. Right. Can can you share with us as we're, what we could talk for hours about just the subject of, of all mm-hmm. the people that have been helpful or all the people that we had to inspire to learn more. What were some of the options that came in mind or that were brought to your attention as to how to manage living with allergies right. because that, I think is really interesting for so many people that don't know that there are options out there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we first left that first allergy appointment, it was like, here's the EpiPen. Good luck. You know, I was like, well, this can't, this can't be like this, you know, especially with so many foods. And, 
So I researched, you know, I was in so many Facebook blog groups and joined all the food allergy moms groups and, um, and I ended up finding, cause you know, there are, you know, you hear about these like peanut patches and you hear there's what's called OIT, which is an oral immunotherapy. And, um, but I found this, um, institute, they're called the SoCal Food Allergy Institute, and they happen to be 45 minutes from where I live. Um, which is a blessing. And people were saying his name is Dr. Randawa. And they said, he's amazing. Get on the wait list and go. He will cure your allergies. And I thought, what? Okay. So I go to the website and sure enough, there's a wait list to see him. We waited about nine months. Um, and I will tell you, he is the most amazing doctor I have ever come in contact with. And we have been in this program for three years. We started in January of 2018. So I just actually am kind of celebrating our three-year anniversary of this. And we have worked every single day and we have cleared her allergies where she is now safely eating all tree nuts, all dairy, all soy, um, almost through egg. And we are currently treating peanuts. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's life changing. It is life changing. Um, But I can't tell you it, it is a lot of work. I have shed many tears. Um, Us about like, what is the work? How is this? I know that when you talk about OIT, OIT, we went to a meeting about OIT is when Mm -hmm. they work their way up or at least in the office we went to work your way up to try and like sample a teeny bit of whatever the allergen might be for us. It was peanuts. We did not go through with it because it just seemed I was getting conflicting points of view from various doctors mm-hmm. and I had heard of the patch as well. How is this different? And can you talk to us about the process? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, it is, there are still a lot of skeptics. I will say that, um, you know, some people might, you know, if they hear me talking about this or if people post about it, sometimes they, you know, want to you know, slam it down because I think they don't want to maybe believe it. I'm not quite sure, but I can say firsthand it's incredible. And so basically what happens is we went in and we had a blood work panel done. We had a patch test. We had a skin prick test and they basically break down all of the foods that you're tolerant to, that you're sensitive to, and you're anaphylactic to. And what I, you know, she, of course, was anaphylactic to peanut and cashew and, you know, all the crazy stuff. And so I think in traditional OIT, what happens is they go, okay, you know what, let's just give you a little bit of peanut and and see what happens, you know, well, that's going to shock your body and can potentially give you an anaphylactic reaction. Right. And so the difference here is they say, okay, you know what, you are allergic or, or, or anaphylactic rather to cow's milk but you are sensitive to goat milk. And so we're going to start your body on goat milk in hopes that as you start to consume more goat milk, your body is starting to tolerate that better. So that once you then switch to cow's milk, your body isn't so shocked. And so like, whoa, this is an invader where it needs to get rid of it. It's like, oh, I've kind of had this before. So the goal is to eat foods that you're kind of tolerant to to then slide your foods that you're anaphylactic to out of that anaphylactic zone. So we didn't start with peanut right away. That's our last allergen. I mean, we've gone about 30 times, you know, we had to eat, you know, cashews before I could even get to peanut because, you know, you're trying to build your body up. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what happens is, is we go and we introduce the food in a very tiny amount. So for example, when we started with, um, I'm trying to think of a tree nut, you know, like pecan, right? It'd be, it'd be maybe like a hundred milligrams, like a very small amount. And then you would up it to, or 25 milligrams and you up it to a hundred milligrams and we would up it every week. So we updose her at home. So I'd give her, you know, little bits and bits, and then we'd get up to a quarter teaspoon and then the next week, a half a teaspoon and then the next week, a teaspoon. And so when she doses at home, we, we give her the food and she has kind of a rest period, her downtime. We don't want to get her heart rate up or anything like that. And then what happens is we go back to the office and we challenge it. And so she'll eat a, a large amount, like no, almost like two tablespoons at that point. 
and she'll eat it. And then we exercise, she gets her heart rate up and they monitor her and she essentially passes. And so then what happens is you then maintain that food in your diet so that your body is still continually getting that food. So at one point, I mean, we were maintaining, you know, five tree nuts, a cup of milk, um, some egg yolk. And so that's hard, you know, especially with a little four-year-old trying to get her to eat that. But she, she did it. I mean, she's a champion. She does it. And so at this point, some of her foods that she had to maintain have dropped off to a week or once a week. So once a week now she eats, um, you know, about a teaspoon and a half of walnut and a teaspoon and a half of pecan, a teaspoon of hazelnut and about a teaspoon of almond. And about twice a week she needs to have milk. And currently every day she has two teaspoons of cashew and one teaspoon of pistachio because those are her two worst tree nuts. So every morning I make her a little pancake and I throw those nuts in there and, and she eats it. Um, and then the, the other reason I'm so fascinated with this program is it's so mathematical and I'm a math teacher. So, um, the, the precision of it is just impressive. And so when we dose her, what makes it challenging is you have to make sure all of the foods that she's kind of been prior allergic to, or she's maintaining have to be four hours away from that dose. So I have to kind of make sure she has all of her maintenance food as we call it by, you know, about noon so that I can dose her at, you know, four o'clock. And then we have dinner, which has to be kind of pretty basic because I can't give her all of the foods that she's passed because it's within that window. So it's definitely, you know, mathematical and, and, um, but it, but it works. I mean, she is now eating cashew and pistachio every morning. And prior to that, she would have been, you know, I mean, I, I, my jaw is, is dropped right now. The, the and, and as somebody who's an allergy, you know, an allergy food allergy mom, mm-hmm. the the I can't even imagine how amazing it's going to be to not have that worry. Oh, that yeah. you know, that's the the thing is we're so, you know, you go out in the world and you don't know if something's been cross contaminated. Definitely so have that assurance. Not to mention that some of the things that you're mentioning are like wholesome foods that you want to include right. in your diet. And so that's amazing. Has Does she have some – what's the word I'm looking for? Like in terms of her schedule, is she not allowed to do it before bed or make sure that you're resting for a certain amount of time? I guess it's limitations right. in terms of behavior. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't dose her right before bed because you are trying to monitor them in case yeah. Yeah, that's right. they have about a point. I think there's like a 0.005% of a reaction at, at home dosing. Um, it's very, very small. Um, so I usually feel pretty comfortable, but I try to dose her around four. So it's because you also can't, um, so you can't get their heart rate up and no like warm baths, nothing to get them warm, you know, so, and just for an hour. So while they're kind of digesting that potential allergen. So, um, but otherwise everything else, there is no limitation. So she wakes up in the morning and eats her maintenance foods and goes right off to school and, you know, and then comes home and is fine. And then when we do our dose, she has her hour of just chill time and, and that's it. Um, So as far as the requirement for the day, it's really minor. It's just we've had battles of like when you don't like a food, trying to get that in, you know, and, you know, because I have we did have, you know, we passed almond about a year ago and she she has a very strong gag reflex. And so she has gagged on it before and thrown up. And so she won't eat it because, you know, it leaves you with a bad, I mean, anytime you throw up or you feel sick, it's like hard to eat that food again. So you can't blame her. Yeah, of um, course. But so, I mean, I was trying and trying and trying and trying and I just couldn't get her to eat it. And so then I, of course, beat myself up like I'm not trying hard enough. And that's where the, the Instagram allergy community was huge for me because just bonding with some of these moms in the program and like, you'll be okay. You can do it. Like, just keep trying. Like, you'll get it, you'll get it. And, you know, we didn't get it. We couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I had to let it go. And, and so we ended up retesting her and her, we got to just rechallenge it again and she passed. And so now she's eating it weekly and she's doing it, 
you know, but we just needed that time for her to get to a point of could eat it, you know, and the same similar thing happened with eggs. She hated eggs, hated it, hated it, hated it. And so we had to retest and she passed egg yolk, but the egg white is now we have to redose it. But now she's eating egg yolk every morning on a little piece of toast and she loves it. Whereas two years ago, Uh I was in tears trying to get her to eat egg yolk. You know, it was like, please just eat it, you know? And, um, so that, that's the hard part is, is keeping it in maintenance. But the idea is, is they almost treat it like you go into a remission because you've, you get to a point where you just need to eat those foods once a month. And as long as your body is getting them exposed once a month, you're okay to eat them at any time. So and- on average, cause I know she had a lot of, or she has a lot of allergies. So right. you've done a multiple, um, call it experiences with right. it. Or if you're, let's pick one. It's you know, tree nut, almonds, mm-hmm. you go in, you get tested and they figure out the level of whether you're anaphylactic or whether you're sensitive and Correct. then they dose you in the office. No. So you do. So we got all of the testing results at the very beginning of her journey. And so then, you know, you work your way through different foods, different, like we started with goat milk and I started, I was doing quail egg before I could even get to a regular chicken egg. You know, they, they start with, like, I have friends who've started with camel milk and donkey milk because their allergy to milk was so intense that the body had to be, go back to milks like that, you know? So they're very, very safe and cautious and, and precise in what they do. And so, um, so what would happen is, okay, when it was time to start almond, we'd go in the office and they'd give her a tiny amount of it and kind of just make sure everything was okay. And then they... Then I go home and we dose her every day at home. And then we'd go back in about six to 10 weeks. It depended on the food. And then we'd do the big challenge in the office and then reintroduce the next food. And then I'd go home for about six to 10 weeks and dose her at home with that food, go back to the office mm-hmm. again, challenge, introduce the next food. So um, so currently, like today, she had her peanut dose. And so a peanut is about 350 milligrams. She's only eating 48 milligrams right now. So, you know, they don't just say, here's a peanut, you know. Yeah, right. so, so it's very minimal. We actually go next Tuesday and she'll challenge um, about 80 to 90 milligrams. And if she passes that, she actually clears cross-contamination. And I can then buy things that are cross-contaminated. Um, wow. So, and then we'll, we'll again be at home for about six to 10 weeks, upping her dose. And, and then I think the next time we go, she'll actually challenge one whole peanut and then we'll, we'll keep going. And I think you have to do, I think she has to challenge like 50 peanuts or something crazy. I mean, it's going to be all God when I'm in that office doing that. Um, because you know, it is a lot they're, they're hard. It, it's not easy, but it is so worth it. And when we get to a point of when we're not dosing her anymore and she can just, cause I mean, she's, she's able to eat these foods, but not totally freely yet because of that dose in the afternoon. So once she can, when we're not dosing and she can just freely eat things, it is, it's going to be amazing. Beyond life-changing, like monumental, yeah. almost miraculous for right. having the lifestyle that you've had to live up until this point. Right. And now, I mean, I'm so intrigued. It, it, you said that people come from all over the country for this? Oh, yeah. People, I mean, I know people that fly in from out of the country. I know that's been tough because of COVID. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have friends, they fly in from San Francisco. I mean, I have friends, I've never even met them, but we're just friends because they're in this yeah. program. I have a good friend, she flies in from Washington, San Francisco, Colorado, Illinois. Um, I know people in New York. They're actually hoping to expand their offices and get a, an East Coast office. Um, just because their goal is to just help cure these kids because there's just, there's a need for it, you know, and, um, and what they do is, is amazing. And so, um, yeah, when we get to that, to that place of food, food freedom is kind of what they call it. That's their slogan. It's, you know, but yeah, people fly in all over and, and, uh, I mean, my, my hat goes off to those people who travel in. I'm here 45 minutes away, you know, I'm like, wow, how lucky am I? Um, but yeah, people fly in and, and, uh, everybody has a different plan too. You know, like some people have to start, like I was saying earlier, they have to start with different milks and 
you know, some people, you know, have to do this instead of this, or they have different amounts because it's all based on, you know, their body and their age and their blood work and everything. So um, it's pretty impressive. Well, to your point, it's very precise, which is why it sounds like why. Precision medicine, you know. Now, can we, I want to jump to healthy living because this is we could have a whole nother episode on this because you and I, as we've gotten to know each other, really both believe in the art of healthy living and how it can really improve not just your well-being, it's the trifecta of your body, your mind, you know, and your soul for that matter. Right. Can you share with us what you're doing now and, and why healthy living is so important to you? Yeah. So, you know, I... I kind of got into kind of healthy living when I was in college, you know, just started really paying attention to what I was eating and what I was putting in my body and working out. I got really into running um, and just really wanting to take care of myself. And um, and then I went through a period of time where I I suffered a knee injury and I couldn't run and I was kind of depressed and almost got to a point of not um, – I was never like bulimic or, you know, doing things like that, but it was like, I was so obsessed about looking a certain way and, um, my body image, you know, and I think a lot of women can go through that. And I finally got to a place, uh, working with someone of understanding more on nutrition and how the body is. And I became a personal trainer. Um, I never actually, did anything with it. It was more something I just, I wanted to really learn about the body. And I was always interested in nutrition. And, um, but then it really turned into once I, um, started having kids, it was really learning that healthy living isn't just about what I'm putting in my body and working out, but what I'm putting on my body and what I'm breathing. Um, and so I got into essential oils about five years ago, my sister-in-law introduced me and, so I started learning more about essential oils and, and, you know, you just learn more and more and more about the toxins that are around us. And so then about maybe a year and a half ago, I switched to beauty counter and started using products that were safer for my skin. And I loved the way my skin felt and I loved the way the products performed and I loved their advocacy for wanting to help change the beauty industry. Yeah. So I became a consultant and, um, And, you know, I just have been promoting, you know, and sharing my everyday tips of what I find, you know, like even my, you know, plastic wear, you know, like, hey, I'm getting rid of plastic and I'm using bamboo plates. And Uh instead of Ziploc bags, I use paper bags, like just anything we can do for the environment or that's a little bit more sustainable or less toxic. You know, I like to cook with my cast iron pans. So I've showed people like, Cast iron can be scary, but it's really not hard once you get used to it. Um, And recently I discovered, you know, clean wine because a lot of times I would be eating food that was clean and then I'd have maybe a glass of wine and yet I'm putting in gobs of sugar and gobs of toxins and feeling like crud the next day. So I was like, well, I don't want to drink this. And when I discovered clean wine, it was like I wasn't getting any headaches and I was avoiding all these sugars that are unnecessary to your body. And so I just really love like learning and sharing what I can about things that I discover. And there's just so much more out there, um, which is why I love this community. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I just, I've really grown into it and just am continuing to do what I can, um, mostly for me and my family and also just to help other people learn about what they can do. Because, you know, anything you can do to just better yourself is you know, why not? Well, and I also, to our earlier point, it's like, it's all connected. And so, you know, we were talking about labels and how we looked because we were trying to be healthier for ourselves. So then when our children were diagnosed with a food allergy, there were plenty of things that were hard about it, but yet we understood how to read the labels. And so going through the food allergy journey, journey, we had, I don't want to say a step ahead, but we kind of knew a a path to go. And I think that it's all like 
a circle. When it comes to taking care of ourselves, everyone in this world's got something, right? Exactly. And tell my child that all the time. Like, I know it's hard having a food allergy, but everybody's got something. And so, if we learn how to take care of ourselves, whether it's because, hey, you, my son Kyle, you have a food allergy, or for, you know, our kids, their friends, our spouses, our friends, if we learn how to find options of taking care of ourselves better which happens to be in clean eating, or in this case, you're talking about better products, you can find alternatives that work, whether it's with allergies. You know, I'm not going to say I absolutely think that sun butter tastes like peanut butter, (laughs) but it is an alternative and you can find ways to make it taste good. Right. And I would say the same when it comes to the skincare. There are like not every product that you try from any brand that's non-toxic might be your favorite, but you'll find some eventually that you love. And I'll tell you, there are a number of beauty counter products that I do love, and I wouldn't even go back to what I found before. It's just like anything else, trial and right. error. Right. And Salton Cellar Clean Crafted Wines, I just tried them for the first time. I have a number of friends that have been talking about them in wellness circles, and I just tried, it's the cab, is it the something Jane, and there's a dress on the oh, label? Oh, yeah, the middle Jane cab really good. That is so good. And I have been drinking organic wine for years, ever since my stage four diagnosis. And I love that there are more and more options out there now. And so I think wherever, you know, if if listeners, if you're coming to us from a place that you love healthy living, hopefully you're getting some good ideas here. If you're coming from a place because you want to learn more about allergies, know that I think my message to everyone in any of these backgrounds is that there are substitutions, there are ways to make our lives work in and keep us happy and putting one one foot in front of the next. Right. I, I totally agree. I mean, like you said, you know, we all have something. We're dealing with something and it's how are you going to go about that something? You can feel depressed and be upset about it and angry or you can – find solutions and continue to be happy about it. You know, I, I have looked at this allergy journey. Like at first it was like, why me? Why is this happening? I'm going to blame myself. And instead I'm now, you know what? We're doing this. We're, we're living through it and we're keeping on and we're keeping on and we're going. And if I can just help somebody with my hardship, then that's a win. Well, and what you're doing now is you are helping people and hopefully somebody listening here is learning more about all these different opportunities, whether it's they, they're the one with the child or they have allergies or they know someone. And I've get, I get that all the time. They'll, they'll I'll have friends that'll say, hey, did you hear about, in this case, the SoCal Food Allergy Institute? Mm-hmm. And then I'll look into it and then I'll find you and then I'll reach out to you or I'll go into various as you said, these Facebook groups where you can learn so much. And, you know, that the power comes from the support. And I, in some of these Facebook groups I'm in, there's one in Connecticut here where I live. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. Someone could say, hey, I'm going up to Boston this weekend. Do you know any allergy-friendly restaurants? Right, and to your right. point about you and your daughter going out for, your younger daughter going out for pancakes, when we went to, it's called Blue Dragon in Boston. It's an Asian, like Chinese food restaurant that is completely like allergy sensitive. There's no nuts. Imagine that at a, mm, yeah. at a Chinese food restaurant. I, there's no sesame. I can't do justice with how, you know, this place is a, a higher end, amazing Chinese food restaurant that the owner and the head chef his family has been touched by food allergies. And so he wanted to create a safe place. I started to cry when my son was able to eat everything on that menu. When he was able to get the deep dish chocolate chip cookie, like what kid doesn't want that, right? And he was able to order it and we didn't have to worry and ask a million questions and wonder and hope and bring something from the outside. Like that, and I heard of that because of one of the Facebook groups I'm in. And so I think we're coming circle here because I think we kicked off this conversation about how social media, there can be an evil to it, but there can also be a beauty to it as well. Right. Exactly. 
So I would love if you would play. At the end of each episode, I do this. And in most nights, my son and I play what's called the Grateful Game. So what do you think? Yeah, let's go for it. So here's what we do. So for those of you that are new for, new to me here at Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, most nights my son and I play what we call the Grateful Game before bed. And what it is, is it's our take on a gratitude journal, a gratitude list, a gratitude practice, where we literally will list what we're grateful for in that day and why, and whoever has the most win. So I will kick it off. I'll give us about 30 seconds. And so, and it can be anything. So here, three, two, one, here I go. I am grateful for, I guess I just said it, that restaurant, the Blue Dragon, and I guess it didn't happen today. So, but what did happen today is that I got a delivery from Daily Harvest. I'm not sure if you know Daily Harvest. I do. I love Daily Harvest. And for those of you out there, it is a clean, frozen, packed with fruits and vegetables food delivery service where you get harvest bowls, organic, frozen so that they're at peak nutrition, smoothies, ice cream scoops, flatbreads, and it's all completely wholesome and delicious. And my mouth is salivating now. And the delivery came today and I'm at 30 seconds. So I'm going to give myself about one and a half because the goal that I tell my son is like, let's pick something that happened today. Oh, okay. And, And I'll explain why after. So I'm tossing it to you. Oh, goodness. Okay. Um... Man, I'm trying to think of something today. You know, I am, I am grateful for um, just time with my girls. You know, I came home from work and they were so excited, and we made banana bread and we made it allergy friendly. So I'm thankful for those options um, that we can do that, and we just had bonding time. I think nowadays when you're working and the kids are in school and, you know, you can get so caught up with, you know, I'm tired. I'm just going to turn the TV on and not pay attention to them. And I've done that plenty of days. Um, But just being able to come home and have the energy to just be with them and be present, um, just that presence, you know, and doing things together, you know, I'm grateful for that. All right. So I think we tied, but as I, my mother would always say, Karen, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's how you play the game. And my, the reason I want to do each day and not because my son and I could say the same things or any of us who do this, if you have a gratitude practice, the goal for, at least for our gratitude game is that you think about all the good things that happened in that day. Mm -hmm. We do it before bed. It helps us recall on little things that made us smile. And I can tell you, as someone who deals with stage four breast cancer, not every day is easy. And I sure would bet that most people out there have had some, you know, bad days in their life, whatever magnitude that might be. But when you tap into gratitude and when you try and find good things that happen in your day, you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Maybe it gives you a little bit of hope that life can get better. Mm -hmm. And now, since we've been doing it often and we actually have made it this nighttime routine, I notice both my son and I looking for things throughout the day that bring us joy or that we're grateful for. And so it really does provide a lot of happiness and it is a great tool for those that are healing or just trying to, you know, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, I love that. Um, so I thank you. This has been so fun for me to talk with somebody who knows so much about food allergies. And I hope for all the listeners out there, I'm sure we gain so much insight into what it's like and some various opportunities out there that people can look into. And as well as some of your favorites when it comes to healthy living. So where can listeners find you if they want to connect? Yeah. So I am on Instagram. I am healthy kind of life. Um, and I just, you know, I share kind of daily, um, you know, just what, what I'm doing and any healthy living tips or, you know, I, my, my bio and my profile says more laughter, less toxins. You know, I like to laugh and have fun, but share about good things, um, you know, that can help us all be, you know, keeping well. 
Well, again, I have loved following you. I am enjoying getting to know you even more. And I am really appreciative that you came on to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, and you shared your story with everyone here. So thank you so much, Jamie. Oh, yes. Thank you to all the listeners. I I hope that through this episode or any of the other episodes that it's inspired you to, I don't know, find ways to take a little better care of yourself or even just find ways to have a little inspiration to bring a little bit more joy to whatever the journey is that you're going on in life. Yes. Thank you so much for having me too. Oh, I'm sending big virtual hugs out to you and to all the listeners out there. So everyone, have a great rest of your day and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now, my parting words. If you or a family member is diagnosed with food allergies, I hope this episode has put you at ease. While it is life-changing and can be really hard, there are so many new advances like Jamie discussed today. And there are many food substitutes that can help satiate any craving, even if you can't have the food. I am grateful to all the companies out there that were innovative in their kitchens to find tasty treats that satisfy without the allergens. Now, my son has not ever had a Reese's peanut butter cup, but instead he loves sun cups or better yet, my healthy homemade fudge. Now, thanks again for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.